Welcome to March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. We are your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. In this episode, we're we'll look back at a disappointing loss to Houston, provide an injury update on our cats, preview and give our picks for the CUSA opener against Jacksonville State on Thursday night. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. It's all one word. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU on Twitter and Instagram, the chief operating officer of the Cat Fund, and proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrells. Uh, ben, what you got, man? Yeah, uh, pretty disappointing week, obviously. Um, not a lot went well. I mean, you score a touchdown and you're on top of the world and you take the lead and then it was just kind of all downhill from there. But um, yeah, it was a pretty disappointing game. Um, the injury bug really took its toll and um, it's going to be really uh, interesting to kind of see what this week looks like against Jacksonville State. I want to offer up um, a little bit of Aaron Rodgers here in a minute. Okay, but before we get to any sort of Achilles injuries, we want to talk about Eternal Roofing, our our sponsor, our presenting sponsor. We are very, very uh, proud and, and honored to be partnered with a company like Eternal Roofing. They they do amazing work, Ben, from commercial, residential, general contracting, you name it. If you're in the Hill Country, the Houston area, they're the people you call, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hill Country, Houston, they do it all. Um, no orthopedic surgery, but roof replacement, <laughs> roof repair, gutter installation, painting, garage doors, flooring, woodwork, you name it. They do it all. Christmas lights even. And uh, yeah, anywhere in the Hill Country in the Houston area, make sure to give them a call, send them an email. It's too bad they can't do some orthopedic surgery, not just your elbow, but the some of the injuries <laughs> that the cats suffered last week. They could choose some of that general contracting. I know, man. I, there's definitely a market for it if they're looking to get into it, it seems like. Taylor, you should think about that. In fact, everyone, contact Taylor if you've got any questions or needs with your roofing and general contracting. And also contact Taylor and tell him that he needs to get into orthopedic surgery. I don't see why not. Uh, yeah. You'll reach him at taylor at eternalroofingtx.com, T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. If you're in the Montgomery area, 936 936- 215-8539 and in the hill country 830-251-5673 give them a call for all of your commercial and residential roofing needs ben we need to relax man yeah we need we need to have a breather and we need to have a talk with our loyal cat fans guys we're in the FBS now. These are the big boys. We're still trying to get our big boy pants on. It's going to take time. We we do not have we may you may fund 85 scholarships, but you don't have 85 scholarship quality players on your team yet. That's why this transition from FCS to FBS can be so difficult. Name me a school that has gone from FCS to FBS and in their first year played teams along the level of BYU, Air Force, and Houston and won, won a majority of them. If any of you 
any of you can stand up and try to tell me honestly that you thought they would win one of these first three games, I'm going to question you because it just, I don't think anyone, no one gave them these first three games. Vegas gave them four wins total this year. We're three weeks into the season. It's time to take a breath. The first truly winnable game this year, Ben, is this week. It's Thursday. It's it's home, Jacksonville State. And you know what? I've already seen you online. Do not make me go on Twitter and start policing you guys because I will do it. But I have already seen some of this. Why would we show up and questioning the administration? Stop it. Stop it. You're 0-3 and you're putting on your big boy pants. So I need you as the fans to put on some big boy pants on Thursday. I need you to get out to Bowers, and I need you to support your team because they deserve that support. And this game is the first truly winnable game that that I think any of us saw on their schedule. We definitely need the support, like you said. And and just piggybacking off what you said again, I think we all had this team 0-3 to begin the year. After watching the first two games, I think we all – had a decent shot to beat U of H. I mean, it didn't turn out that way. And it was, it was disappointing to kind of see the way things played out, but we kind of expected to be here at 0-3 and, and that's where we are. And I think now is a true gauge of really, uh, or a true test of really where we are against Jacksonville State, another team moving up and um, we get them at home. It's your first true home game. I think we're the last team in the country to play a true home game. Uh, so I I think this is a time for us to really see where we're at. It's okay that we're 0-3. Uh, you never want to lose. You never want to make an excuse for it. I think we were all disappointed with the way it looked at U of H, but this is kind of where we expected to be. And let, let's go from here, support the team and see what we can do. Not only that, you need to get that tailgate atmosphere going. It needs to be alive. This is your home opener. NRG didn't count as a home opener. This is your home opener. Get it alive. And also, if you see Mike Craven, because he's going to be there, make sure you get a picture with him. Make him take a picture with you. He's going to love it. Yeah, I'll do my best to get one with him when I'm there. But, yeah, with it being a Thursday night game and so many of these games being on weeknights, uh, so many home games being on weeknights, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what the alumni uh, presence looks like. I think the students are going to show pretty well. Um, they've shown that with basketball, some big games with basketball. They show up on weeknights. Um Everybody's on campus. Sam Houston's known for a commuter school. So with everybody still being on campus for the most part on a Thursday night, hoping for a good student attendance and hoping we can get some alumni and fans out there also to make it a good environment. I got to tell you, Ben, if if it's not a good crowd, there's no reason left. You have no reason left. If you're a fan, you complain, oh, no, we're a commuter school. I'd rather go watch Houston or go home to Houston on the weekend. This isn't on the weekend. It's on the weekday. Where you're going to go? Who you're going to go watch? What other plan do you have on a Thursday night that you can't get out to Bauer Stadium and watch some football? Excuses are over at this point. You wanted to be with the big boys. Some of you did. Some of you didn't. The ones who didn't are really gloating about this right now. That's okay. You got to tune out the negativity and focus on the positivity because all those negative people, that's what you got to avoid. If you listen to those negative people, Ben, uh, none of this will ever work out in FBS. Yeah, and we kind of talked about this before. I think the sentiment of the fan base when this move was first made was probably 50-50. 
uh, for and against. I think over the past year or two, since the the move was officially announced, it's kind of moved to two thirds or seventy percent in favor of it. But um, the first three weeks has really disappointed people, and they just thought we were going to bulldoze over Big Twelve and maybe Mountain West favorite uh, Air Force teams and. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's 0-3, but this move is only what you make of it if you just kind of sit back and you don't support it and ask why everything's going wrong. I mean, you're, you're a small part of the problem also. So get there, support the team, um, do what you can to support them in whatever way you can because uh, we need everybody to buy in on this move, that's for sure. Yes, we do. Well said, Ben. We are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at March to the Pod. It's the word March, the number two, then the pod, all one word, March to the Pod. Hello to those watching on Dave Campbell's YouTube page. We always like to give you a little shout out. Thank you for joining us this week. Before you can get better, you have to look at what you did last week and assess some areas that you still need to improve. And so with that in mind, Ben, we start with a look back at a 38-7 to loss against Houston. You know, I want to start off by saying this is a Houston team that was on that, that's been teetering on the edge. And I think that that was more a statement by them than anything else. Right. It was definitely a get a get right or get better week for them. And I think they did exactly that. And they were out to prove a point and, and make a statement that they're still here. They belong in the Big 12. And they definitely didn't overlook Sam Houston. So, I mean, you have to give them credit. Yeah, you do. And they came in ready to go. And they did. But we're going to do something we knew this week, Ben, and we'll see how people like it. If you like it, we can continue this stuff. So just let us know, comment, find us on the social media, March to the number two of the pod. We're going to give grades for different parts of the team. Uh, overall grades, I'm going to have Ben give his grade from an observation, his observation, and then I will give what the grade was from Pro Football Focus. I think this will give us kind of a good picture of, of where everything stands right now. Yep. All right, Ben, overall, what you got? Ooh, team overall, I got to give it what an A through F kind of grade. Yes. I I'd give it, I'd give it a D. Well, pro football focus gives it a D a 64.1 grade. And you want to know what I find uh, honestly a little surprising by that is that's the best overall grade the Cats have had through three weeks. And you want to know another little secret, Ben? Their okay. grade has improved all three weeks. This team is getting better. Yeah, I think the offense, it, it definitely made some strides forward this week, which I think is a big reason why the overall grade bumped up. Defense was probably a little down. Uh, I think the defense got better from week one to week two, which probably helped the overall grade. And then the offense kind of took a step up and the defense took a step back a little bit. So it makes sense when you look at the overall grade for the team. It really does. All right, so we're going to break them down into different uh, units now. Let's start overall offense. Yeah, overall offense, I mean, I, I'd probably give it a, a C-. minus. There were some uh, some circumstances, obviously, with uh, Zach Robocic and I, or Ife Day leaving after the very first play of the game where he catches a, a 30-yard pass and Zach Robocic leaving. So, um, I mean, they got in the end zone, which is a 
something they hadn't done the first couple of weeks, and then you lose probably your top two weapons or two of your top three. So definitely some improvement, nothing earth shattering. So I'd probably give it a C, C minus somewhere around there. PFF has it as a 55.5 grade for the offense, uh, which which is obviously it's an F if you're going to go by the letter grades. I think it's also important to put in perspective, it's much better than the grade they had against Air Force and right on par with what they had against BYU. It's a little better than the offense was in BYU. And yeah, I think, and I, I think I a gonna... little better might describe the offense actually against this week. Yeah, I was gonna say if you look at if you look at the offense performance, the grand scheme of all 133 FBS teams, I, I'd probably give it an F. But when you're looking at this team in the two weeks prior, I, I mean the first two weeks were definitely an F. I think it was an uptick this week, uh, like a D plus, C minus. They definitely made some strides. I would have loved to see what it looked like with Ife and Herbachik for the whole game, but um, injuries happened, so that's kind of where I have them. Let's look at pass blocking. Yeah, pass blocking, I I think it's the same. On the pass blocking side, I'd probably give us a C. You know, PFF gave us 73. It's a solid, solid C. And, yep. and just as we've done before, let's put this in relation to where they've been. 45.2 against BYU and a grade of 10.2 against Air Force. They are a 73. I, I don't think you can ask for much else out of the – we you know, last week you got to do something good, right? You either got to run block or pass block. They chose to pass block good, and they did. Yeah, they, they and they gave up two sacks. I mean, two sacks is pretty normal. I, almost every team's going to give up two sacks a game for the most part. So, um, yeah, nothing, nothing earth-shattering sh- earth or crazy or great, but um, I think it was just good enough on the pass blocking side at least. Hopefully they can keep improving off of that. The last one on the offensive side, I want to take a look back is the at the is the receiving core. Yeah, uh, the receiving core it, it was interesting. I I, I loved what Ife did on the first play. That's only one play though. Um, I thought Alvante Woodard made a really nice play, and then John Gentry at running back made some really really good work out of the backfield um, on some screen passes, and so. Um, I'd probably give it a high D, low C kind of area when, when looking just at the receiving core. And, and I agree. Now, look, these receiving ratings here, not just the receiving core. They include some of the running backs coming out, too. It was a 53.8 was the, was the grade. It's a little better than BYU and a little worse or a little better than Air Force, a little worse than it was against BYU. So it looks like right now the receiving core is right about that. 55 range, I would say, on average. Uh, and I do want to note before we move to the defense that the run blocking was much better, was graded much better uh, this week. And and so the whole offensive line play really improved. And, and you know, Ben, I think if they can, if that's the case again this week, they really have a chance to pull off the win. Right, yeah. And, and the numbers overall, they, they still aren't sexy. They don't look great, but they are slight improvements. I mean, 63 yards rushing was almost your total yard, I mean, total from, from Air Force, which I think was like 85 total yards for the whole game. So um, still not pretty, but it, it's the slightest bit of improvement. And Jacksonville State and your FIUs and UTEPs and Middle Tennessee's are not U of H and BYU and Air Force, thankfully, going forward. Yes, and we're about to find that out. Moving over to the defensive side, let's give uh, an overall grade on the defense. Yeah, it 
it, it was a really disappointing game. I, I would say Keeler even said that it was definitely their worst game they played. It didn't look like themselves. I'd probably give them I'd probably give them a D. I think the point total at 38. Um it's not great. I mean, it's not giving up 50 or 60, but it was almost 600 total yards of offense, which I think is why you get the D grade there. Look, we knew Houston was going to get fits. They've got athletes for days, especially compared to what Sam Houston has, which is part of that FCS to FBS buildup. And yes, the grade, the overall grade was a 69.3 from PFF, which is a, a D it's a high D D plus, if you will. Um, Believe it or not, Ben, that's actually a better grade than they had at BYU. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting kind of to look at it that way because statistically it definitely wasn't their their best. But it it shows that there are areas that they're, they're still performing well in, and I think the defense is going to be just fine. Um, I think they were kind of due for a little bit of regression or kind of a dud. And Houston was a team that I don't think defensively we matched up great with, a, a team with a lot of explosive athletes and size on the outside which was kind of our weakness if we did have one. Um, so it wasn't a great matchup, but I think the defense is going to be okay. Well, if you want to win football games, you have to stop the run. What would you grade the run defense? Man, it. I'd probably give this one an F. I, just because uh, there were so many plays where I felt like we had either Parker Jenkins or Brandon Campbell bottled up there at the line of scrimmage, and we just couldn't tackle. Um, I remember there was one play specifically, I think U of H was at the 40 yard line at the San Houston 40, and it should have been downed at the San Houston 35 and they end up at the two yard line because he breaks so many tackles. And so I think we had a lot of guys contained. We just could not bring anybody down, which is why I give us that kind of grade. Well, and almost 200 yards. Yeah. yeah. PFF gives a solid D plus a 67 on run defense which is better than it was against BYU worse than it was against Air Force which you know Air Force runs the ball a lot you kind of got to take some of that play calling into effect as well you talk about tackling uh, they had a a graded out at 67.4 tackling Uh, against BYU they were a 65.7 and against Air Force they were a 90.8 that was just if you can do a 90.8 every look those are rare days. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, they're about a D to D plus right now across the defense. Uh, let's look at the secondary here. Coverage. Um, give a give a grade on their coverage on the secondary play. Yeah, I think the coverage is probably a, a D, D plus. Houston really didn't test a uh, the secondary deep a lot. It was the way that the secondary really got tested from what I saw was a lot of screens and underneath routes where the ball would get swung out wide and they have two receivers there blocking who were just more physical than our corners and safeties. And we just couldn't get off those blocks and they just move it up the field. So as far as coverage, I think it's probably a high D. Um, it, it was just when it came to tackling and getting off blocks with those kind of throws, we just couldn't do anything. Believe it or not, coverage was the highest grade of any that week last it week doesn't it surprise was, me yeah it was a 73.5 it, it's solid it's right there solidly with the pass block uh so the secondary you know i had a you can't i can't grade against air force because secondary against air force is tough when it cut they don't pass enough but against byu now they were 72 and then 73.5 I, I, you know, we had some questions coming into the season about the secondary. I, I think they've done pretty good. 
I think in coverage, they've done really well, which is kind of what I expected them to do. But the size and physicality of U of H, um, I think, really exposed the secondary. I think they've they've got a lot of talent, but they just aren't as physically big or, or strong as the U of H receivers were, which U of H had a great game plan. I mean, they just threw it out wide, had two or three guys there ready to block, and we just couldn't get off those blocks. And it was eight to 12 yards every single time it felt like. I'm not making an excuse, Ben. I'm telling you the truth. And you're probably tired of hearing it if you've listened to this, but that's part of this move to FBS. It just is, especially considering this school didn't decide to say we're going to make a transition over four years. Or in the case of like a Tarleton, you know, they knew two years ahead of time they would be making the move so they could kind of plan and get some things and fundraising going during that time. Sam Houston didn't didn't do that, you know. They they made that decision and they moved. So this is it, this is part of what's going to take some time to get this roster to the depth it needs. It is, and a, a lot of the guys on the roster now have been on the roster for a couple of years and are kind of just they were kind of back into the roster FCS kind of guys that were on scholarship and are still there now. And I think once you give it two FBS recruiting classes, I think you'll have a better idea of kind of the talent level of where you are. It takes two or three years in a couple classes and a couple of years for your first class to develop to kind of really know where you are. Um, it does if you want to build through high school only. But I think as we have seen by uh, our friend G.J. Kenny um, over at Texas State, and we're seeing by Deion Sanders at Colorado, that you can rebuild pretty quickly. If you get in some transfers and I'm, I'm going to be curious because I know, I know Keeler is one of these guys that will notice trends and will get on it. I'm wondering if, if he's going to get on that trend here the, in the off season. Yeah. And the team has always really developed the pipeline internally through high school guys. And um, they've had a lot of success doing it. it, it this is a definitely a new ball game and a new world. For them, so we'll see if that's the way they continue to go. Maybe in two years, this first freshman class that's on campus now has really blossomed, and they can realize they can still do it internally and just grab a couple transfers. Or maybe it's two or three years down the line, and the talent level you're recruiting isn't enough, so you do have to go all in on the portal. So um, it might take a year or two for us to figure it out, but um, it's definitely something to watch. It is, and you know, something else to watch this week is injuries. At one point, we were we, we texted a little bit on Saturday. Um, for those not knowing, I, I pulled a doubleheader of games last Saturday at the non-FBS level. I was at Fort Worth at noon and back in Wichita Falls at 7. In between, I was texting Ben during the game at Saturday night, and and he goes, he goes, Corey, we, we just got like three injuries on one play. And I, I just turned my phone off and said, well, it's one of those nights. Man, that, that was an absolute disaster of a play. I mean – it was a fumble. Um, it was a your running back, your star running back getting hurt, and two offensive linemen going down. Which thankfully they came back out for the second half, but they were obviously pretty banged up after that play. So you you fumble, you lose your running back who it, it looks like a knee injury. Not sure of the exact severity of it, um, and then you had two offensive linemen go down on the same exact play also. So that was one of the most disastrous plays I maybe have ever seen. <laughs> What what do we have on the injury front that you know of after Keeler's press conference? Yeah, he, he said they really didn't want to tip their hand, but I think we kind of all saw it out there. We saw a couple offensive linemen. Um, I think it was Hagler and Bial 
go down on that play. I think there was one other that went down at some point. I think they all came back in, but you would have to imagine they're pretty banged up. Um, Ife Dei, uh, I think it's a hamstring for him, not 100% sure, but it didn't look good. He didn't come back in. Zach Herbacek doesn't look like he's coming uh, back anytime soon, really. And then obviously, Quavez Humphreys is still out. So you're down maybe your top three weapons on offense for a team that's already struggling pretty heavily on offense. So that, that doesn't help. And on top of it, and again, this is not an excuse. This is the truth. Uh, sources have indicated, we have not confirmed through the program at all, but sources have indicated that a couple of players were kicked off of the team on the Friday uh, before the game. Unknown reasons, unknown cause. Just heard that happened. Look, guys, whether you want to b- believe it or not, it, it's a part of life. The off-the-field issues will have an effect sometimes on uh, how focused a team can be going into something. Yeah, exactly what the timing was or the exact reasons for the two of them are are unknown. But, yeah, I've heard two people have have left the program uh, at the skill positions on the offensive side. So um, definitely doesn't help with depth considering you're, you're down to pretty much your second team receiving core. Um, so, yeah, your depth is taking a huge hit on the offensive skill side. It's it's no excuse. You just got to find a way to, to, to step up. And Coach Keeler mentioned Jay Rockwell and Malik Phillips. Um, as two guys to really step up alongside uh, Noah Smith and John Gentry. So those are probably the four names on offense that are going to really carry the load. Next man up mentality. It It's not just a cliche sometimes. It's it's reality, and it's right here in front of us, that's for sure. Well, you know what else is right here in front of us, Ben? What's that? Cat Fund, man. And, we, and Cat Fund... Cat Fund needs your help. If you're listening to this and you're one of those people that go... You know, I I don't have the. I wish I had the money to help Sam Houston, but I just don't have what the donors have. You don't need to, because the Cat Fund has you covered, Ben. Yeah, yeah. For as low as ten dollars a month, up to a thousand dollars a month, you can support these athletes and reward them for for staying during their time here for their for their play on the field. Um, help them out financially as well, um, because scholarships don't cover everything, and then you do get some stuff in return as well, which is pretty cool. So definitely a way to contribute if you if you don't have money to give to, towards a stadium or any big book uh, facility upgrades, whatever it might be. Uh, definitely a good way to get involved with San Houston Athletics and support these athletes and help these programs grow. You know, another company that is uh, supporting these athletes and uh, supporting, supporting this podcast, and we're very grateful for that too, is Eternal Roofing. They do, and it's not just roofing, Ben. They have roofing and they have general contracting. They can install, repair your roof, especially as we storms come through. And as we've seen in the state of Texas, these storms can come through any time of year now. Uh, they can also paint your interior, exterior of your home or business, install gutters, garage doors, floors, any woodworking, crown molding you need, repair your sheetrock. They're your choice. They're they're the ones you go to. And Ben, December's coming up, man. Yep. So you know what that means. It's time to get those lights up. <laughs> ben, have you called them yet? Oh, I live in an apartment, so thankfully I don't have to. But man, if I had a house, I would have called them already probably two or three times. <laughs> you should t- you should go over to the apartment complex and tell them they need to call Taylor. Yeah, they should do some contracting work through them. They should, they should, yeah. you know, yes, you need, hey, you need to tell them they need, you need Christmas lights and you know, just the people to put them up. Right. Yeah. And for when 
for when I punch a hole through a wall. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Contracting work. Yeah. Contracting work in the, in the apartment and outside it for, for Christmas lights. Right. <laughs> no, no violence against sheetrock, please, Ben. No, no, no. That's just a joke. That's just a joke. I try to, <laughs> I try to get in there as much as I can. <laughs> yes. It, it is. Cause someone on here put his hip through some sheetrock a few times. Uh, and you know, my dad was always really thankful. He had to repair that wall a few different times. Anyway, when you go talk to uh, your apartment complex, Ben, make sure you give them Taylor's email address. It's taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. If you're in the Montgomery area, give them a call, area code 936-215-8539. And in the Hill Country, it's area code 830-251-5673. All right, Ben, we're done. We're done. We're done with Houston. I'm glad those three games are are done. (laughs) We're done with this brutal opening part of the schedule. Things haven't been necessarily great on the the Bearcats' end with some of the things I've seen, but we survived at this point. Tell us about Jacksonville State. Right, yeah, a team pretty much in the exact same spot we are when it comes to where they are with their transition to the FBS. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what – what they look like compared to us. And, and they're a team that so far has had some success, has played a very different schedule compared to what we have played. So they're three and one. Um, they beat UTEP, who we all know isn't very good, but um, yeah, they won that game by three. They they killed East Tennessee State, beat them by almost 50, lost to Coastal Carolina by 14 on the road, uh, beat Eastern Michigan 21 to nothing. Um, all three of those FBS teams aren't very good right now. And so this is uh, and this is only their second true road game. They've played three of their first four games at home. So a very, very different schedule for them compared to what Sam Houston has seen so far. So that's kind of the scheduling side on offense. Um, they're a team that kind of runs a somewhat of a triple option. They run it out of the shotgun. They've used two different QBs this year. Um, it's weird. It's one game they'll only use one QB. Another game they'll only use the other QBs two games they've used both of them um, but it looks like the offense runs the same through both kind of that triple option out of the shotgun so expect a lot of run and then um, on defense they've been really good I mean the three FBS teams they've played so far they've given up 14 30 to Coastal Carolina and zero to Eastern Michigan so I think it could be another low scoring game very run heavy from them and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to kind of see where these two teams match up I think it's interesting you say that uh, because their offense is only averaging 25 points per game. It's not great, right? If you're playing in, I mean, when you're playing that level of teams, that's maybe average expected, I guess. Right. And they've gotten three out of their four games at home. Um, and they played at Coastal Carolina. So that they've been at home a lot. It's going to be a tough turnaround from Saturday to Thursday. Defenses look great, done exactly what you need them to do for the most part. Offense hasn't been extremely explosive outside of your FCS game, and we saw what Sam Houston did against the option against Air Force. They've got some experience. They've kind of prepared for Jacksonville State during the bye week, and uh, that defense can get back to what it looks like against BYU and Air Force. I think if you get 7 to 14 to 20 points from the offense, you, you might have a legit shot at winning this thing. 
Well, and as I, I look into their numbers a little bit, um, I, I noticed that they have intercepted seven passes. They have yet to throw an interception on offense, and their defense has intercepted seven passes. If if they can limit the turnovers, take care of the football this weekend, it looks like it might be even more difficult for Jacksonville State to score. Right. And Jacksonville State's defense is really good. So you got to give them credit where credit's due. But yeah, and we've been pretty good at uh, holding on to the ball. I don't think we had a turnover against Air Force. We had one interception against Houston. We had one against BYU. So if we can continue the trend of holding on to the ball, I think we could be okay. Uh, this is a good defense, um, but we get them on a short week. And um, I'd love to see what Grant Gannell does in, in his second performance. I thought he looked good seeing what he looks like, yeah, assuming he's a starter, he's listed as a starter, um, seeing what he can do with another week with the ones, it's going to be interesting. So it's going to be a really close game, I think, either way. They are plus nine in turnover margin. No way that lasts for the season. They've the ball's got to bounce yeah, somewhere else. I mean, they've only fumbled once, no interceptions. They forced seven interceptions and three fumbles. Eventually that's going to play. Now, is this, this is the point. And if you're listening, I imagine you've probably already started typing me your little message. I get it. It's the gravy bowl. Ben, I'm sorry. But this fabricated gravy bowl just isn't going away from us, man. Give us some history so that everyone can understand the history behind the gravy bowl. Yeah, we'll see if it if it catches on. It's it's kind of a niche thing right now, but and I think we talked about this a month or two ago. But um, yeah, it started with Alex Middleton. Um, he's the host of a podcast called uh, Past the Gravy, I believe it is, and he had Cody Cress and uh, Ryan Humphreys on, and they made some choice word comments for Jacksonville State when we played them back in uh, 2021, I believe it was when we were trying to repeat. Um, and so that's kind of where the animosity, or I put in quotes, animosity between Sam Houston and Jacksonville State began. And so with it being the Pass the Gravy podcast, you get the Gravy Bowl name for the game between Sam Houston and Jacksonville State. Um, I, I don't think Jacksonville State's really going to be our rival, especially with them kind of having their thing with Kennesaw already and Kennesaw joining the conference next year. And I think Louisiana Tech is probably our most uh, regional game that probably where the rivalry is going to develop but yeah we'll, we'll see how this week goes and what it looks like <laughs> hashtag gravy bowl if you want to see some something that's all i'm going to say about that ben uh <laughs> getting back it is like look okay i'm not gonna lie gravy bowl is kind of a cool thing that is cool it's got a cool sounding name um and i think it's something that you could develop into a really funny kind of fun natured rivalry uh, if we took that and had like a bowl of, of gravy that someone had to eat or dump over their head or kind of along the lines of the Duke Mayo Bowl. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that. And it also reminds me of if, if I'm remembering correctly, but you might remember this, Corey, because you're so old, right? But didn't back in the day, there used to be like the salad bowl and like the blueberry bowl and just insert food name here bowl. Weren't there a bunch of crazy food bowl games back in the day? I'm, I'm not that old. Ben. 
not that. I know there were some of them. Oh, I don't know. I, honestly, bowl games that I remember are the main ones still today. Of course, you got the Orange Bowl. Uh, you know, there was the Fiesta Bowl. And, and look, for me, what I has changed most is probably the sponsors of those bowl games has been hard for me to keep up with. Yeah, the Salad Bowl went from 1947 to 1955. What year do you think I was born? I, I didn't remember what it was. <laughs> I didn't remember when it was. I, I was just, you play into it, and so I was going to play into it. <laughs> look. My mom was born during that time frame. <laughs> there might be some other food bowl games. That, that's uh okay. That's well, while you one. go searching for more food bowl games and find out what year that I was born, uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to. I do want to talk about the Jacksonville defense. You you said how good they are. We talked about their turnovers, but there's another number that just jumps off the page at me. It is allowing 2.7 yards rushing per attempt. That is impressive. Also, I don't care because we're not worried about Sam Houston doesn't need to run the ball. It's a distraction right now. If you can pass block, like we said, that short passing game, that's what we need to get to. Um, But it it is important to note, they do have a very good run defense. And I think that's even more reason as to why we just really need to air this thing out. Uh, I think there continues to be little to no success running the football. The pass blocking grades have continued to be right around average. Um, and so I think that's really what you got to play into. This is the team that's really going to stop the run. So I don't think we need to force it, um, force the run and and try to win it that way. And we should just, let's just air this thing out. I think Grant Gannell showed he's got the arm talent to do it. He made some really nice throws and that's the way we're going to have to win the game. I think. Well, and here's some other stats to help back that up. What to look for this week. Are they running or passing? Because Jacksonville state has only sacked the quarterback five times this year. That tells you, you should be able to give whoever the starting quarterback is enough time. Now they're really good in the red zone. Rich Rodriguez has a great team in the red zone on both sides. They have only allowed two touchdowns and three field goals in their five red zone attempts against the defense. The offense has scored 10 touchdowns in 14 attempts. Yeah. um, It's going to be really interesting to kind of see how we hold up offensively and defensively. Um, yeah, it's. I'm just really excited to see this matchup. I honestly was busy looking at names of bowls here for a second. Uh, over on the side, I found the uh, the Raisin Bowl. That was the other one I was looking for. But now, um, wait, whoa, 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 the California Raisin Bowl because I do remember the California Raisins. Just the Raisin Bowl from uh, okay. from 1945 to 1949, the Blue Bonnet Bowl. It wasn't the Blueberry Bowl, but the Blue Bonnet Bowl. See, I, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, back in the day, I was going to Hardee's trying to collect me some of them California raisins. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say it was California raisin. Oh, the Fruit Bowl. The Fruit Bowl went on for two years. Um, yeah, so there, there were some really interesting ones, and that's kind of where the food they get. The refrigerator I, bowl. That's a fun we're, one. We're, we're going to go off just a little more because I think it's funny, that age gap and things. Um, the other night, Ben, I was at the Midwestern States game and somebody in the stands was wearing a Bobby Boucher jersey. Oh, gosh. And the announcer pointed it out. They put him on the video board. Everybody cheered and stuff. I, I looked at the 
uh, school reporter standing next to me. And I asked him, I said, uh, do, do, have you seen that movie? And he goes, no, I know what it is though. So, but, but it just, I, I said, you know what, that was more, and you start thinking about it. That was more like my age range, right? right. Like we're the ones who carry that on. We've passed it, but our kids haven't watched that movie. They just heard us joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I know about it, but I'm probably just on the, on the other side of it. Um, I, I'm a young one. I'm a young person. Yeah. Barely. I'm just kidding. Well, you haven't seen it, have you? You're talking about the water boy? Yeah. Of course I've seen it. Okay. Some people, <laughs> he, he hadn't. Yeah, you you had me worried there for a second. I'm like, am I missing something? Because I, no, I think like, I've seen the movie. I don't think my daughter's seen it. She's 22 years old. Yeah, I am 24, almost 25, and I've I've seen it a few times, thankfully, and I'm glad I did. It's a great ball, oh, and it's the best. A great movie, and just to finish off the 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 food bowls, we've got the pecan bowl, the pear bowl, and the grape bowl, and so maybe we can add the gravy bowl to that list, and that's kind of where my tangent will end. Um, that's kind of what we're looking for from this game with Jacksonville State. They're going to run the ball a lot. Great run defense. They're three and one, um, but they're going on the road for for a test, and it'll be interesting. Overall defensive grades, I find I've got the comparisons up here. Uh, they're pretty even overall defense. Both teams, they're pretty even on run defense. Uh, Sam Houston State has been better tackling. Jacksonville State's been better pass rushing, and the coverage has been really good for both as well. Offensively, it's been a different story, but they've played a different level of uh, teams as well. Um, and, you know, they've passed the ball well. They've run the ball well. They've run block. That's one thing to watch. They run block really well. And that's going to be a big matchup. When they have the ball, Look to see if Sam Houston State can can force them into second and third and longs and force them to pass because they don't pass block extremely well. They don't catch the ball extremely well. That's going to be the area to look for when when uh, Jacksonville State's on offense. And it's really strength on strength. The, the run defense for Sam Houston, I think, is the biggest strength of the entire team. And, man, they even took it to Air Force for about three quarters. And so – if they can do it to Air Force, hopefully they can do it to Jacksonville State and create that second and third and long to where they force their guys to throw the ball, and that's not really where they're comfortable. Uh, so I think that's really where the game might hinge, um, and that's where it might come down to. That was the craziest preview section ever. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun one. And, and one last thing I'll add, to. I mean, they're 3-1, and one and we've been saying, oh, well, they've been playing bad teams, but – Three and one for a team in their first year in the FBS, even if it is Eastern Michigan um, and, and teams like that, UTEP, Coastal Carolina, that that's still really good. You, you want to give them credit where credit's due. Oh, Three I'm not – hey, look, they, we're going to get into the picks. This yeah. is a team that is favored to beat Sam Houston, and I think rightfully so. Right, yeah, and I agree. I, we'll, we'll see what we do with the picks, but – Three and one, even though the opponents aren't very good at the FBS level, still really impressive for a team transitioning. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, you know what else is really impressive? It's that team over at Eternal Roofing with Taylor Andrus and company. They offer free detailed roof inspections, fast and professional service, no high-pressure sales pitch, exceptional workmanship warranties, and they use the best stuff too, man. They have certainty shingles that which are known for their superior weather resistance. They last forever. They they just look great. 
And the one last thing, they are specialists in commercial roofing. If you need if you need someone who can accommodate your HVAC system, any other roofing equipment, call Eternal Roofing, call Taylor Andrus. They will do it, minimize the disruptions to your operations uh, while they install or repair whatever work you need done. Give them a call, Ben. They they really what else can you ask for than free detailed roof inspection? Absolutely nothing. And maybe they can help contribute to a Sam Houston win also. I mean, they're such a good team. We might need some of them out there with us. Look, we want every one of them in the stands because as far as team goes, we need every fan we can get to be on that team and cheering loud on Thursday night. So, Taylor, we'll see you at the game. Or if they're there, they will see you. Corey won't be at this one. Mike Craven will be, though. And (laughs) if you need roof repair – Call Eternal Roofing. Get a hold of Taylor. Email him at taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. If you're in the Hill Country, switching it up, Ben, dial area code 830-251-5673. And in the Montgomery area, area code 936-215-8539. Give Eternal Roofing a call for all of your roofing needs. Ben, this is the time where we go into uh, our predictions. And this week, for the fourth time this year, the Sam Houston Cats are underdogs. Uh, Jacksonville State, at last look at ESPN, is minus six and a half. That's just about a touchdown favorite right there. Right, yeah, and I think it opened around five and a half or six. It's gone Jacksonville State's way a little bit, but like we just said a couple minutes ago, I think they've earned the right to be favored in this game, even though they are going on the road um, to start conference play. Found the over-under interesting. 36 and a half. That's the lowest I've seen, right? I think I saw 137 last week, but yeah, I think that's the lowest I've seen. And Two good defenses, two offenses. I mean, Jacksonville State's done – a little bit our offense is really trying to trying to find its footing and yeah that's it's a low total basically vegas is saying it's going to be 21 14 right that's really what they're saying i mean that's that's basically what that is you give a six and a half spread a 36 and a half you're saying that's going to be right about 21 to 14 right in that range yep yep and i think that's probably going to be what the score is and it's just a matter of who comes out on top because i think it's probably going to take about 20 points to score first team to about 20 is probably going to win this okay well then who you got yeah give me man i as bad as we looked last week i i feel like we're going to come out ready we're we're at home i think keeler's going to have these guys motivated um I, i i gotta go with my gut i I got to go with how I predicted the season to go a couple weeks ago before the season. I predicted us 0-3, and then I had us winning this game. So I'm going to stick with what I said, um, even though it hasn't been pretty. And I'm going to say 20-17, to Sam Houston. You're going 20-17, to Sam Houston. Which, by yeah. the way, is the same score I gave for Houston Cougars last week, and we saw how that turned out for us, right? <laughs> I'll do it this time. It'll be my fault this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Early in the season, before this season began, this is a game I also had Sam Houston winning. Home opener, Thursday night. Felt like there would be a big crowd. I'm not so sure now. I want you to prove to me. I want you to prove me wrong. I want to see a big crowd out there. It's on ESPNU Thursday night. Get out there, right? Get out there, support your cats. 
I also don't think this game gets anywhere close to the over. Not anywhere close. I think we have a 13 to 10 game here. And I've got the cats pulling it out 13 to 10. Only because it's the home opener. Like, this is the game you got to win. I think they figure it out. I think the – look, the offense ain't going to light it up this week. That's a good defense. It's a really good defense. They're not going to light it up, but they're going to be in position to score a few times. It's going to be important that at least one of those is a touchdown. And if they penetrate that red zone, it's going to be important to, to put up six points on the board. I also think that the defense is embarrassed. I think the defense is going to come out with a passion this week on Thursday night. I think the coaching staff may have spent a little more time preparing for this game than they did for Houston because it is a conference game. It is the home opener. This one really has, it matters. I think all that combined, Ben, gives you a 13-10 to 10 Bearcats win. I love it, and I would be ecstatic with the 13-10 win. I just know I got – I think I said last week I guaranteed an under, and we went like 8 to 10 points over. And so um, I'm going to reverse my fortune on the over-under. I'm going to put it up over, and I'm going to have us win. Um, I think it's a game we definitely can win, and um, it's going to be tightly contested. That's for sure either way. I have just a beautiful defensive – everybody loves 13-10, to 10, Ben. Who doesn't love that? Uh, as, hey, if it's a 13 to 10 win, I'll take it every single week. I don't care how many points it takes. <laughs> I think everyone should at this time as well. Ben, thank you so much for joining me this week. This was awesome as always. And we want to thank everyone watching and listening. Without you, absolutely none of this is possible. And until next time, Ben, take us out. Eat them up, cats. Get the Bowers early. Be loud. And let's go get a win. Get that gravy bowl. Yep. <laughs>